During our conversations, we will cover a variety of topics from pop culture, spirituality, parenting, and the woes of adulting. So grab your favorite beverage and enjoy Conversations with a Taurus. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Conversations with a Taurus. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I thought it was only appropriate to have uh, one of the top-notch therapists in the game. And I'm not saying that just because she's my friend. But today we have a special guest, Sherry Ann Best. Say hi, Sherry. Hi, everybody. So Sherry is an LCSWR certified trauma specialist and also the owner of Broad, Broad Hollow Psychotherapy. So, um, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And for me, as just like an outsider, not in the therapy game like you, Sherry, I feel mm-hmm. we're kind of at the height of mental health awareness. I think with so many celebrities coming out, speaking on different topics of mental health, uh, like there's a voice out there. There's also, we're moving toward this self-care movement. You know, we talk about all these things you do for self-care, but I don't feel people have worked therapy into self-care. You prob- you're probably right about that. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Well, I think that there is a stigma around therapy. I think that people think that you have to be crazy in order to seek therapy. And I tell everyone that sits down with me, that the crazy people are out there, the people that are walking around hurt, hurting other people and um, suffering and not getting the help. That's crazy. Right. Right. So there's a a stigma around, there's a stigma around appearing weak and um, uh, looking for help sometimes. And that's the reason why that's not an obvious choice of things to add to a self-care list. Right. Um, So like a while ago, we were kind of having a conversation and I like when you made the analogy of mental health is the equivalent of physical health. Right. So when things aren't going right and our body's not feeling right, we're all quick to go to urgent care, WebMD, you know, we're checking (laughs) off symptoms. But then when it comes to mental health, I think it's just something that we just kind of keep pushing down. Like, if I'm tired or I'm just not happy today, then it's just, I'm just not happy today. And we kind of overlook it. And when you're not happy for several days in a row, would that be not, not, you know, that would be something mental health, health awareness that you should just kind of check in on. I would agree with you. I think that uh, one day that's not necessarily a big deal, right? One, one there, there's no pattern of one, right? Right. Um, But the second day, okay. Third day, you might want to start checking in and just taking stock of what's going on. What's been going on for the last few days? Have I been stressed out? What have I been eating? Um, Even my regular medication regimen, what's going on? What's different that I'm feeling how I'm feeling? What are the stressors? What are the pointers? There's something going on that you really need to take a look at. Something is happening. Your body 
your mind, your spirit is responding to something. So take a deeper look and, and try to figure it out at the very least. Right. 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 I would definitely agree. Um, you know, it's like you said, it's like this stigma. Like if I come for therapy, then it must mean I'm crazy. Right. Right. But there's a difference between mental health and mental illness and checking in is fine. Like we do it with everything else. We do it with our cars. Right. We do it right. with our iPhones, right? Like your phone starts acting up. You take it for diagnostic. Like, so it's right. like we do it every other place in our life except with our minds. And that's like crazy. Like everybody wants to be okay. But what's right. really okay? Like what like what's right. okay? What makes okay okay? Yeah. <laughs> when you're really okay, right? I have said in another interview that I want 2019 to be the year that we end fake fine. Let's yes. stop doing that. Let's really try to actually be okay. Let's try to actually be fine by looking at these different things, by checking in, by seeing what's going on, by talking to other people, reaching out. We're not alone. You know, we're not alone. They're, they're, the, the numbers are staggering as far as different types of health conditions and mental health conditions. Um, that if you actually talk to somebody just in your friend group, if you talk to maybe three or four other people about what's going on, you're probably going to be talking to another person who's dealing with the same thing or who has dealt with the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. One in five people will experience some type of a mental health disorder in their lifetime. So that's one in five. You have a, a, a typical classroom. We're talking about four or five people and that might include the teacher. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's not, right? it's not, it's shout out to the teachers. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's common. It's more common than not. So let's start talking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know myself, I've done therapy. Um, and the moment that I assessed what I needed therapy is I just felt stuck. Right. Right. I just felt like I just had like two bad relationships back to back. And I usually don't do mm -hmm. relationships back to back. Right. And it was mm -hmm. just two bad relationships back to back. <laughs> and it just stunned me. And it didn't right. stun me in terms of like, oh my God, I had two bad relationships. It struck me as an ego because I was not an unaccomplished person. And I just had two unaccomplished things happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> According and to I, you, yes. yes. <laughs> According to you, but yes, go ahead. According go ahead. to me, right? So I mm -hmm. go to therapy. And so my therapy experience was, and I, I want to share my experience just because I want people to understand the process, right? So from just the patient perspective and you can give the therapist sure. perspective. So I go to therapy and I guess they do what was called the assessment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had this um, white gentleman interviewing me and I was just pissed because I just felt like this was not going to serve me talking to this man. He had right. no connections with me as a black woman. Like I just was not interested. But mm -hmm. I went back and then they paired me with a black female, right? Mm -hmm. And at first, even that interaction, because I'm not a sharing type person if I don't know you, right? Right. 
Right. So, of course, she had to tap into some things. And it was to the point where I was looking forward to therapy. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I was coming early, hoping she finished early so I could get an extra five minutes at the top of the session. And it really mm. helped. It helped me with my perspective. It helped me process what just happened and how did that second relationship happen? Right. right. Like the first relationship led to the second relationship because of these reasons. And I was, how can I say, it didn't, I don't want to say it fixed me because I don't want people to think you right. get fixed, but you right. leave with an understanding, able to process things differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. That's the goal of therapy. Absolutely. That, right. It did what it was supposed to do. Right. So I don't want people to think like, oh, I go to therapy or to say, I don't need therapy because I don't need to get fixed. <laughs> right. Right. We're not right. 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 Um, first of all, you're not broken, so you don't need to get fixed. Right. You just need to get some things back in alignment. Really. You just yeah. need some perspective. You need some clarity and you need to learn how to be unstuck. Um, I love when people are stuck because I know that there's a thing that you know that you need to do that you're not doing. Nobody's really ever stuck. It's just, I know I don't want to do this thing, right? So I always know when I hear people say that they're stuck, that there's a thing that they know you come in as the expert in yourself. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not the expert on you. I've read a couple more books than you. Right. And (laughs) I've talked to some other people about these things over time. Right. And so I have to go in and I have have had certain training and things of that nature. And I've also had my own therapy because I'm not going to ask somebody to do something that I haven't done myself. Right. And that's a great question to ask your therapist. Who is your therapist? Oh, good. Right. Maybe not the name, but, you know, have you gone? Have you has it? Is it helpful? Do you check in sometimes? And hopefully they'll say yes. But back to being fixed or broken or whatever it is, you're the expert. So you're telling your story. And it's what you said um, earlier was really important that this is not something to take lightly. You didn't know that that first man uh, that did the assessment and then you didn't know the therapist. It's hard to just have somebody come in and just share their whole lives, right? right? There are times where I'm working with someone and I think we have a really great relationship, a great working relationship. And then six months down the line, they tell me something that I really would have loved to have known was in the first <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. <laughs> like that what the hell yeah like well so um okay um but it takes time right and obviously our relationship had gone to a next trust level and that's why that person was able to tell me then you know and so it's so I'm, I'm saying that to say that it's not it isn't an easy task right and it right. does take time and you know you can shop around therapists I don't know I mean that's that can get a little bit tricky with your insurance. Right. Um, but if you do insurance, but if you're self-paying, you can try out all different types of people if you'd like. You can get very specific. There are more and more websites that are um, geared towards a specific population. Um, I happen to be on one called Therapy for Black Girls. So that's a very specific demographic. There is also um, another site, Therapy, Therapy for Black Men, there are also other sites, you know, geared towards different types of uh, demographics. So um, it can be as specific as you would like for it to be. 
So, Sherry, you're also a certified trauma specialist. Yes. What, like, what is that exactly? Because when we think of trauma, I think we automatically think of a car accident Mm -hmm. and, you know, by somebody being air-vacked to a hospital because there's Mm -hmm. trauma. So now when we talk mental health and trauma, where are we with that? So it's sort of like the same idea. So the reason why you're getting medevaced is because there's a situation that needs immediate attention, right? There's a situation that um, would be too much for your typical uh, EMT to be able to handle, to stabilize, right? And so we need specialization. We need special services and, and care and attention. So a trauma is something as an event or events that overwhelm a person's natural ability to cope, okay? Um, And there are a number of different types of trauma. So that accident that you're talking about that caused this physical trauma can also result in emotional trauma. Um, There are interpersonal traumas such as abuse, right? There's there's complex trauma, trauma, uh, trauma that occurs over a certain uh, length of time. So um, it, it's really about this is a thing that happened and it overwhelms your ability to really be able to deal and it may impact you further uh, down the line. Okay. Okay. Cause I think when people think like, again, you know, trauma and mental health, we try to figure out like, okay, how do we get from trauma to mental health? But I think that was a very good um, description. And okay. I think in and when you said people are looking for services, not that we're responsible for making our own assessment, <laughs> but right. I think just doing the research and looking for a therapist or a support group, you just consider, because we can't self-diagnose, but you just consider mm-hmm. like, well, you're stuck now and you're feeling what? And be honest mm-hmm. about everything you're feeling in that interaction. Right. right? I think... Like it's it's in, I, I, to me it would be a joke, but I'm sure it's happening in reality that someone actually takes the time to come to therapy and sit there and still be like I'm fine, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like those you know, are boring. <laughs> those are just, they're very frustrating, and um, um, I mean obviously a person's offenses are up for a number of different reasons. And maybe they didn't, they, they didn't come up in a house where they really had a voice. And so they right. had to just be fine and they had to be okay. Or again, going back to stigma, I don't want to be weak. Um, I don't, I don't need help. I shouldn't have to need help. Um, I can do this by myself. I'm good. I'm just here because so-and-so said, well, you keep coming back because so-and-so said, and eventually we'll get somewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay, so I noticed you talked about, you just kind of referenced growing up in the households and not having a voice. And in a mm-hmm. lot of my podcasts, I relate um, a lot of who we are is from things we were introduced to as a child, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. And those things come back to us as adults. And when you talk mental health or you try to relate to trauma, Sometimes who you are stuck right now with 40 could be a result of something that happened at eight that we just thought we was fine with 
because there's so many rules and so many cultures about certain things like what happens in this house stays in this house and right. he's fine, he's just bad, right? <laughs> so can we get into like some of those traumas, um, you know, one of those air vac emergencies, so to speak? Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this first off, that most people have experienced or will experience trauma in, in their lifetime. If you are fortunate enough, so, I'll kind of say that, but I mean, because trauma, there's, there's strength and growth that can come out of and healing that can grow out of trauma, right? So adversity can lead to a strength that you wouldn't have had beforehand. So I just want to say that. But most people in their lives will experience some kind of trauma. And many people, many, many more people will experience more than one. And there are some people who experience four or more. Uh, really, really quickly, I want to talk about the ACE study. It's A-C-E. Okay. And that's Adverse Childhood uh, Events Study. And it was just really quickly a study that was done um, as a result of two different researchers coming together to find out in the first, uh, the first study why people were obese, and in the second study, why people uh, use illegal substances, use drugs. Okay. And they came together because they found out in both cases that an overwhelming majority of people had some adverse childhood experience that later on down the line led to either obesity or drug use. Okay, and so the idea is that early, early childhood ex adverse experiences lead to coping mechanisms that lead to poor health outcomes and the possibility of a shorter lifespan. Mm, okay. okay, so early childhood adverse events, poor coping, poor health, early death. Wow. So when people say, oh, that was then, this is now, no. Right. That might be why you have that arrhythmia, to be honest, today. That might be why you have been smoking since you were 14 years old. Just things like that. So I just find it, it it's just so important to just say that it's not, yeah, that did happen then, but it lives in your body. Yeah. It lives in your body. You have carried that with you. So you may not understand that that's why you're jumpy. You may not understand that that's why uh, men with blonde beards freak you out. And you don't even understand that. You don't even realize why. Or certain sounds have jumpy or certain days you're sad or you, you understand what I'm saying. So I just want to I, I want to make that connection. Um, and I'm not just saying that to say that there's all doom and gloom. Because if you actually do your work, you can be okay. And our bodies have everything that it needs to heal itself. And our brains are plastic. And so we can relearn the things that we've been doing wrong or, the, you know, the coping mechanisms that we've been using. We can unlearn them when we actually attend to what's going on. So um, some of the some of the questions in that ACE study, it was just 10 points. And I'm not going to go over every one. Mm -hmm. But it was things, uh, there are things like um, having, a, having a, a parent with a mental illness, having a parent with a substance use disorder, 
having separations of any kind as a child is a trauma. So that means through foster care, incarceration, death, divorce, those are all traumatic events that happen. Um, and then of course, the big ones that you do think of like the accidents and the assaults and the burglaries and things like that. Um, but um, they're, they're, like I said, there are 10, you Google a study, you will find many, many different resources on it on the, on the web. So, but I just, that's something that I like to talk about because it's just very, it's a very simple, straightforward study, but it shows the impact of early trauma on our lives. Right. It's so funny you said that and not to, you know, promote any TV show, but I watch my 600 pound life and oh, yes. literally yep. every episode, Sherry, it yeah. all goes back to some type of childhood trauma. Yes, so it when does. You yes, said it, does. it, like my mind immediately went to that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you, you know, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like every episode, once they sit down and they, you know, first it's like, well, I only eat two cheeseburgers. But like when <laughs> they really sit down and start really being honest, it all goes yeah. back to a childhood incident. Literally yeah. every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's not a show that I watch often, but I think maybe New Year's Day, there was a marathon and I caught a few and I did see that trend. Absolutely. And I thought the same thing. Wow. It's hard for me to watch those kind of TV shows without, and, and me not be on the clock. I, I'm always like assessing and looking at things. So I try to watch more. We're not watching it from the same perspective, right? Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. probably taking out like your notebook and you're like, yep, that's <laughs> so. Like you're calling out everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, she's at least a four on the A score. She's definitely a four. She's got at least four aces. Like, you know, and yeah, so I, I don't. I don't, I do love and hip hop because why, well, I mean, I could assess them too, but that's right. more my life. And so like, I just try to stay away from that stuff so that I'm not working. <laughs> I love but, yeah, that. I noticed, I noticed that as well, for sure. Yeah. Like soon as you said it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yes, that is my mm -hmm. 600 pound life. So that is so yeah. interesting. And I think, um, you know, like you said, when we start to peel back the layers, there's something, you know, and whether we think we made it okay or we're fine okay, there's something that happened. And I think mm -hmm. even as adults now, with this whole social media thing, you know, when we were kids, right, when we went outside, we were just outside. So all you mm -hmm. knew is probably like your two block radius, what was happening. And you mm -hmm. didn't get caught up on what was happening until you went inside and everybody started calling each other. So I don't think like certain pressures, I mean, social media has a double, is a double sword, right? Because I sure. think there's certain pressures and there's certain conditions that may make someone think that everyone else's life is okay and great. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I'm going to take a picture today. I look cute. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture today. I'm happy. I'm going to take a picture mm -hmm. of the, 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 the good days, and I don't think people who may be dealing with those challenges may understand or receive that there were days in between where you didn't see pictures, right? Right. And right. what do you know what I look like after the, the picture finished and was posted? So I think right. kind of social media has been playing a role in maybe 
creating a perception of we all good out here in these streets when we're not. Right. Right. I agree with you. Um, and I did come across a study that showed that there was an increase in um, depression, anxiety, and eating disorders since the, I guess, the popularity of social media. Absolutely. I can see it because, you know, if yeah. you do, you know, it's funny because social media could also be used as a tool, right? Because sure. it's your chance to develop your own community. Right. Right. So if you want to develop a community and get support for certain things, social media could be used for that. But if you're kind of living this external life and this fantasy world and you build it in that fantasy world and in the end you're not living that life that's going to create a negative outcome as well so that's why i say like it's it's so double it's a double-edged sword because you could get the awareness information and mm-hmm. then you could get the information that could kind of make you think well i'm the only one going through this if you're right. not in the right community you know right um, so for people that are on social media, um, when you're dealing with something or just needed to understand something from a parenting perspective, you know, follow follow bad parents. Like, you know, follow a hashtag that you could probably relate to a little bit more than uh, boiler, boiler alert. You know what I mean? Like just something that's right. more relatable to your reality. But I guess mm-hmm. that's not something you get to until you've done the work, right? Like you don't realize that you, you know, social media is just poison for you until you're able to do the work and know that, well, maybe I don't need to spend this much time on social media. I need to be doing more stuff that's gonna help me be healthy. Or or if you've you've reached this bottom as a result of it, you've just gotten to such a place where you just can't take it anymore and you feel like you need to get help. You need to do something about it. Yeah. What would you say is like the biggest mental health myth? Myth. The biggest mental health myth. Um. Again, that if you go to therapy, only crazy people go to therapy. I think that's a big one. Um. I think that in my community i hear a lot of uh, you don't need therapy you can just pray on it and there's been a big movement within the mental health um community of you can pray and go to therapy there are t-shirts <laughs> that you can buy there's all types of um you know things out there that address that um and that you know that 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 there's something wrong with getting help i think that that's a big one as well that there's mm-hmm. something wrong with getting help Absolutely. I think that comes from other people's deficiencies with that perspective. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I think even being able to be influenced by that. And culture plays a big, culture plays a big role in your healthcare period. That is true. Right. And so, yeah. And so that's going to include mental health care. Right. So, you know, that we grow up with certain attitudes that just this is there are other ways. And it doesn't mean that those other ways aren't helpful. Of course, prayer is helpful. Absolutely. We do. You and I have talked about these other kind of alternative uh, approaches to healing. Right. And that's I'm a huge believer in that. I know you are as well. And so there is an absolute place for that. But 
therapy is great too because it's a different type of intervention. You know, yeah. in my practice, we've implemented yoga. I use essential oils regularly in my practice, um, crystals, Reiki, all different types of things. And so all of it is so important. Therapy is just a different type of additional intervention that right. can help to achieve other things to help you. You know, you can you can light sage. That's fine. But who's going to help you process your 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 maladaptive patterns? We need to sit down and do that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like you, you touched on the cultural part of it. Um. And I was saying our community, it, it is kind of like, if you go to therapy, then you must be crazy. If you go yeah. to therapy, well, you couldn't handle it because, you know, our grandmothers and great grandmothers been handling it and they were fine, right? So like now all of a sudden we have it so much easier and now we can't handle it. And I'm not um, even going to do into generational uh, trauma and all of that stuff. We might have to do that on another day, but we could talk about our grandmothers, right? <laughs> and it's I think I have, a twitch, I have a twitch in my left toe right now because of my grandmother that I didn't do, that I have to work out. Well, <laughs> so, that's, but that's a whole thing. Like, to me, <laughs> I mean, it's like heal today for a healthier tomorrow, right? Yeah, and I just feel it. Ha we all have to take a moment just for where we're at and look at our family and make a decision about where we're going forward, right? And that's even if your whole family doesn't want to go, where are you going to go moving forward? And right. you're making that decision, whether it be for your nieces, your nephew, your children, your godchildren, because these are the children or the people that you're now influencing. Right. So if you're passing on shit from generation to generation, you can't keep saying it runs in the family. Right. Right? right. Like, I think right. maybe a blue eyes might run in the family, but past that. <laughs> right? Like, we can't keep saying, oh, it runs in the family, or it's no, like, stop. You know, we have to make a decision for where we're at to just stop it. You know, we can't go back and necessarily fix behind us because they have to make that decision. But let's make a decision with us to move forward so that that next generation, we've started a healing process. Right. Absolutely. That's so important. That's so important. Like, oh no, we fine. We good. She did it too. No, mm -mm. She had 13 husbands. You'll be fine. You only got eight. No. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like, no, it's not fine. Let's stop it. So I think that's important is if culturally, if we could remove it runs in the family mm -hmm. or saying, oh, that's just how it is. No, it's not just how right. it is. And you could, right. it's okay to make that decision to heal within yourself. You don't have to heal your whole family, right? Like, you, it's right. okay for you to make a decision. I'm going to heal. <laughs> Right, right. One thing I, I can say is that um, a lot of a lot of my clients come from other clients, and so it's nice that I see one person, and then I do end up seeing the brother or the cousin 
and so that's that's nice. Or someone in my practice may be able to see so you're them. You know, full picture, so to speak. <laughs> right. So right. And so I mean, when it comes to that, to be completely honest, sometimes I'm not going to take somebody because I've been working with this person and um, I, I have too much of the story. So gotcha. they may go to some other person. But the fact that this person is now coming in as a result of the first person having a positive experience in therapy is where I'm seeing chains being broken, you know, and, and seeing these generational traumas and curses being lifted because people are taking action and talking about it. And now that person is um, sending out a new message. He's starting a new legacy of, of healing. And so that, that happens quite a bit. And I have to say, and I'm very happy about it. Well, I like that. The fact that people are actually talking about it. So it's bringing in other family members, which is good. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Like going to therapy doesn't have to be like going to a speakeasy. She doesn't have to be the one next to Target. So you could park in the right. Target lot and then like sneak around the therapy. But I like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm sure some people probably do still do that, and that's okay too. But yeah, no, but I do see, I, I do see where you know people are talking about, it and they are more comfortable, and it is becoming more normalized. And so, you know, I have one client. Um, she'll let everybody know. I have my appointment. I'm not doing anything else Tuesday. That's my day. I'm. I don't have no. I'm going to therapy. Yes. Like. And so, <laughs> It's once you start therapy, you look forward to therapy. Like, yeah, you yeah. like, like I said, I would get there early, just hoping, right? Like, because you start to look forward to this, this, this freedom space where you just kind of like, like, even as that next week is happening, I'm like, oh my god, wait till I tell, like, right? Because mm-hmm. like you're having your own breakthroughs outside of the office. And like you're checking mm-hmm. back in, and you know sometimes it was funny because sometimes you get assignments, right? Mm-hmm. And with my personality type, sometimes I'm like, if this bitch don't keep at, like, what? I'm not doing this. <laughs> and then I would do it, and then I would be mad. Like, see, she knew she was playing me, but it was just that assignment that was gonna make you think. It right. was gonna drive you to the next point that you needed to be at. So. I like that challenging moment because it was still a moment of awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big part. So a therapy session is typically anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and you have the rest of your week to be right. <laughs> right. And so assignments are an extension of the therapy session into your real world. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, that's a helpful tool to do. I may not always have um, uh, an actual physical assignment to complete, but I will have someone, you know, just kind of think about something or if we talk about something, I want them to be aware of, you know, maybe something that we talked about. See how many times this comes up in your week and what do you do? You know, so it's a nice way to extend the session because, you know, we're, it's a small, small part of your, your life, your weekly life. Right. Whew. Well, Sherry, I think we covered a lot. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we close out? I just wanted to say, just um, talk about when is it time to go to therapy? Um, okay. When you think you should, 
You know, I think that's a big one when you feel like you've been dealing with something for a while and you, you, you're feeling like maybe you've um, used all your resources and, and you need a little bit more help. When people are telling you that you need to go to therapy, you know, sometimes we become defensive when that happens, but it's something to think about, you know, because people can see things that we're not able to see all the time, just how we, the, the, the expression on our face, how we're, how we're carrying ourselves as we go through our day, you know, if we're snappy or um, more withdrawn, you know, things like that, it may be time to, to just reach out and talk to somebody. And it's not as another myth of therapy is that it's expensive. Um, it absolutely can be expensive uh, because you're paying for somebody's service, but a lot of therapists take insurance. And so it may be, you know, a matter of you paying your weekly copay. And I know that that's a whole other, a whole other issue. And in some cases, copayments are expensive, but they're not a whole fee, you know? And so I think it's so important that we, we prioritize our finances towards things that are important. And so therapy should be important. Your own healing should be as important as whatever other thing you buy weekly, you know? Um, I mean, Starbucks every day is probably more than your typical co-payment. Absolutely. I think we kind of talked on Money Matter. I think that was episode three, just kind of allocating your money and into those priorities and different ways of allocating your funds. And like at the beginning, you know, everybody's into self-care now. That co-payment is worked into the self-care budget, right? Like, right. Absolutely. You know, you know, we find money for everything else, find money for therapy. And I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound as easy as that. Right. But it's worth the work and the research. You know, I don't think we should just be comfortable saying, well, we can't afford it when, you know, people are doing a lot of other things with their coins right now. Right. You know, prioritizing um, your mental health and, you know, comparing it to physical health to me is super important. It's it's on the same exact level. I don't, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't. You, you know, if you, your toe hurts, you go get that looked at, right? Like, right, so. right. They both occur in the same body, right? They both occur exactly. in the same body. You can't separate the two. You can't. You can't. And, you know, it's so funny because there are people that faithfully go to the doctor, right? Right. But won't dare step into a therapist's office. Right. But and it would be nice to get to a point where doctors are actually assessing for mental health issues as well and being able to make that connection so but you know that's we're working on that there's yeah. we're definitely working on it. yeah well to bring back my 600 pound life but dr now does do that <laughs> he does make a little psychotherapy <laughs> let me stop but yeah almost like that equation and i think i don't know if it was my OBGYN that suggested i go to therapy now that i think about it oh, wow that's great that's wonderful like if i'm kind of going back i think she Oh my God, I'm, I'll think about it, but I think it was one well, of my primary, you know, I think it was my OBGYN that kind of was like, you know, kind of put it out there. And I was like, what? And I think I probably spoke to you later 
Um, mm-hmm. he, I think he was still in school at the time, and it was like, yeah, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't in, I wasn't a therapist just yet. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think it would be great if you know those parallels started being made. I know for my daughter, when we go to the pediatrician, we always have to do an assessment. Okay. Like okay, always, that's great. Yeah, I I thought it was fabulous. Like they always give us this, you know, it's like a behavioral sheet and a score sheet and an emotional and you kind of, you know, circle and check off and they always kind of do this assessment and, you know, they'll actually talk to her on the side a little bit too. That's wonderful. That's happened at the pediatric level. I could confirm that. Can, the next time you go, can you just take two and send one over to me? <laughs> just want to take a look. I'm like, I messed up the first one. Can I do another one? <laughs> that's great. No, that's nice. That's very nice. That's that's good to yeah, know. When we finish it, like she takes it back in and they talk to her. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely try to get you that. And for everyone <laughs> listening, if they're not doing it at your doctor's office, I don't know the name of the sheet, but. Kind of talk to the nurse about that, but they're definitely doing it at the PD, uh, the doctor's office, um, for my daughter, which is really good. But for the parents, or you know, aunts, uncles, anyone listening, you know, tap in to the kids and see if they're doing that. And I say that started, um, I want to say maybe when she was nine or ten, they started that. Okay, and she's you know, she's 15 now, but they started around that age, I remember with that sheet um so yeah that's something um so i want to thank you sherry and just before we close out if you could just maybe give a couple of websites to refer to and i'll also add the information in the description box for this episode okay so again um i'm a part of a great uh website um it's called therapy for black girls there's um a lot of information that's there about mental health and uh things that you can do to help yourself. There's also therapy for black men. Um, there's also NAMI. Uh, NAMI is N-A-M-I, National Association for Mental Illness, uh, .org. Those are, uh, those are great places to start. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. And where can we get in touch with you if we just want you? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. So Instagram is changed through words. Uh, Facebook is broad hollow psychotherapy. You can also go to broad psychotherapy.com for more information. Okay. All right, Sherry. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. This was really good. And I, and I didn't curse and I was very appropriate as your friend. <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. So we'll be talking to you later. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Taurus. Thank you so much, guys, for allowing me this opportunity to have this conversation with you today. Again, I look forward to all feedback, but I am sensitive about my shit. All right, guys. Thank you and blessings.